baby Today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw But it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80 It's the gold Did yeah, you hit it on one Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 This is episode 55 of the Break 80 Podcast. Dowd's here, joined by my colleagues Mike and Tim on this beautiful June June evening of what people like to call the longest day of golf. And so I'd like to start today asking you, Mike and Tim, since it is the longest, longest day of golf here, what would your ideal longest day of golf look like? Before you answer, I should say that it's got to have some sort of realisticness in it in some way, shape, or form. I know some dude played like some dude did play like the old course and then flew to Pebble in the same day or something like that, which I don't know how he pulled that one off. But um, what would your long day of golf look like? Well, you might not think that this is these are true stories, but uh, you haven't been on too many trips with Tim and I golfing, so a lot of these actually have happened or could or could be possible. I, I kind of know how Tim's is going to end. It's probably going to end at Bennett's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I There's not Bennett's where I'm going. Um, I on I could pick any course or whatever. Just like I mean, where, where, yeah. Would your would your long your you get you get a day of basically all day golf? No, you, you're not going to be able to say play 72 holes. That wouldn't be fun. That's too much golf. Like, what would your well, you know your day of now. golf? 72 like? isn't that much. Um. For Mike's well, back, it is. Yeah. Oh, God. 18 is too much for my back, but uh, that's because I'm fat ass right now. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I think, um, well, we got to include private golf then because you, you can get on public stuff. You know, that's a fake made up list anyway, the public list. We all know that, right, Tim? It's just like your conspiracy theory now. about birds. <laughs> um, but I would go to the drones. Anyway. They're obviously drones, and the public list is just as good as the private list. Oh, yeah, would say. <laughs> yes, of course it is. The classic at Madden's is on there, for God's sakes. Um, I would go classics to, in the name to uh, probably Long Island, where I wouldn't have to go too far. I could just go to National Golf Links to Winged Foot to Shinnecock, and I could legitimately squeeze in maybe 72 holes in like a 10 mile square. And and not have to hardly go anywhere and play some of the greatest golf in the world and get shit faced okay. probably and, and the day would probably end with me <laughs> passing out somewhere. That sounds fun. Tim, how about you? So for the listeners, if you haven't followed our Substack articles, there is a great one on how to play the most exclusive clubs <laughs> in the nation and how to get onto some of the clubs that Mike just described. Um clip notes, there's a, a hedge line and there's not many fences in that neck of the world. Um I would suggest you at least drive a white Range Rover in to blend in and uh, possibly tie a sweater over your shoulders. But uh, my longest day of golf actually wouldn't happen today. It would happen on the solstice when there is a solstice event that you have to be selected for at Bandon. And it is as hard to get into this solstice event 
as it is to get Lambo tickets. So it is a you get selected and you stay around forever kind of situation. Not after, not after their run a Hall of Fame quarterback is over. Okay. No, love is going to be perfectly fine. He'll find a way. Anyway, uh, if you find yourself invited to the Solstice Tournament, it is as many holes as you can play at Bandon during the day. And I want to say the record's into the hundreds of holes. So if you want to make your back hurt and your hands bleed, that is where I would be. And unfortunately, no Bennett's in the neighborhood that I know of. That sounds fun. I could I could do that for a day. Although I will say this, Tim, we when we played, I don't know what the walk is like at, at Bandit, but when we played um stream song, we basically almost fell over after playing You made it holes. 27 holes. I know, that's, and my feet were walk. done. My feet were done. My so you back had a big was one. Done. And it's unfortunate that Alaska doesn't have great golf because it looks like Iceland, Norway could have okay golf. But there are segments of the year in Alaska where it's 24-7 sun. And I couldn't think of a better way to uh, spend an (laughs) eternity of sun than playing golf and seeing how far we can make it until I drop. Him and I walked 53 holes at uh, San Valley on one day. That's impressive. That was brutal. That was tough. I'm I'm shocked we didn't hit a deer, a tree. We stayed on the road the entire way back. I almost fell asleep at least a dozen times driving back that night. <laughs> um, well, I will say the the you know the the real longest day is is what it's called is a uh, day of U.S. qualifying and it and they've made their their local qualifying to go to the the next stage, which is basically you qualify there and you're in. So ten final qualifying spots across the country each site you play 36 holes depending on how many are in that region the more participants the more spots available so i think there's plenty of stories out there to cover this week i'd like to start with that um i guess you know starting with for me people that are in or out maybe the the more well-known names or the people that you were like wow they're actually trying to qualify or they're not in i guess a, a big part of that would be the live players as we know the the world ranking points have not been kind to them, and there's quite a few of them that are are trying to get in, um, or or either have gotten or have did not make it. Um, I guess we noted on this one last, I think it was last week we talked about Sergio getting in. He got in in the Dallas um, region, um, and so I was going to go through some of these guys. I don't know if I have them all here, but I've got a kind of a list of guys that that um, that made it, didn't make it, um, or in Matthews Wolf, Math Wolf. Matt Wolf's case didn't uh, didn't even try to make it. He WD'd as I don't know what's wrong with him. I, I just I think there's something silly going there. I, I don't know. He's broken hearted Smash GC isn't he's no longer part of Smash GC. I you know he's a interesting case. I really liked him at Oklahoma. I, I don't I, I thought he was sweet. He was Dave. fun to watch. His his swing was sweet. He seemed like a good dude in interviews. Um in fact I was watching him at when he was at the 3m and he won it that year i was watching him on a friday before anybody really knew who he was and he just seemed like a good guy good follow um and i think i don't know something mentally has kind of gone awry with him i know he took some time off for mental whatever health and i don't know he seems like he's in a weird spot again he thought maybe he'd live would you know make him feel better or whatever but now he's getting kicked off of teams and 
who knows what's going to happen with that guy. But I think that's a fascinating situation because he's very talented, but he just, I don't know, can't can't find his way in professional golf. At least they backfilled him on Smash GC with a huge name in golf. Some Give guy, it to us. Some Vince, Vincent something. Some Vincent. Okay. I don't know. No one's ever heard of him, but they played, it, they, they played it up that it was going to be this big name, and they filled it with some guy nobody's ever heard of before. Does he have two ears or one ear? The guy they filled in? Yeah, no, Vincent. Is it, no, is it the good Vincent with one ear or is it the, the normal uh, Vincent with two ears? Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, let's see here. He's very abstract on the golf course, folks. I'll, I'll fill you in on who it is right now. It is... Um, who did they add? I and I wonder I no, with regards no idea. to Matt Wolf, is is it a psychiatric issue? Is he going through a bout of... of depression or feeling anxiety on the course where it's it's something where you need to see a sports psychologist um or there's been other other issues you know i just found this money i'm gonna go have fun and all of a sudden you you kind of rip down a a a bad scene of a possible substance abuse issue well, you know, he was on the same team as as uh, Brooks Kepka. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that could See, Brooks Brooks seems to be managing his fun okay. So that could be. Um, I will say here's a couple other guys that did not make it. So Brendan Steele, I think, almost made it maybe a shot or two back. Matt Jones did not make it. Andy Ogletree, a resurgence, did not make it. Mark oh, Leishman so close. was close to making it, did not qualify. Cameron Trigali did not qualify. James Piat did not qualify, and this other guy almost got in, played real well, real well lately, won the last live event, HV3, did oh, not no. get in because who took the last spot other than our boy Frankie Sappin, the yep. third? What that, that not podcast, today. Podcast friend and guest who he said he'd come back on. We'll get him back on. We're, I got we're gonna, some more guys. Have to... I got more guys who didn't make it. You want to hear? Yeah, huge fan of Tron. Another guy, another guy, been on our pod. Tron Carter from Nolling Up. Ludwig Aberg, the number one ranked college player, did not make it. Harry Higgs, Maverick McDeely, Jimmy Walker, Harry Hall, who just played well two weeks ago at. Uh, he did at not Colonial, make it. Did not make it. Really? Oh, that uh, Michael was Block. We'll probably talk about that in a second. Yeah, sure. I got some other guys like that. Yeah. Um. Who else? Cameron Kuchar, Matt Kuchar's son, did not make it. Um, Bill Haas, Patton Kazire. Um, did you did you say Mark Leishman? I did say that he was out, and you, as you can as you can imagine, like, a lot of these guys too. Like if they don't shoot a decent, you know, eighteen hole round, they're basically just pack the bags and get out of there. They they kind of know the the drill. Um, a lot of WDs just because they don't, you know, they're five, six, sh- seven shots back, and they're just like, I'm out of here. So I I, our, I give props to the ones that actually do finish it out. Our guy, Derek Kitchener, didn't make it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. I got kind of a list of of the connection group, but I was I was kind of speaking just on live live guys that are trying to qualify just because they can't get the world, you know, the, the world ranking has not been kind. This guy's not him. this guy's not a live guy, and he's not even a professional. But he could be. He's a professional amateur. Stuart Hagestad did not did he, make it. Did not, he didn't oh, make no. It. Okay. Also, oh, that's I my, even know. How about my this, favorite this one. Name? Raymond Floyd Jr. Raymond Floyd's son must be halfway decent. Because So for the listeners listening, 
you just can't sign up for sectionals. You have to qualify your way through a through a local qualifying, which is like two people from in Minnesota got out of each of the locals or whatever to go to sectional qualifying. So you have to be a really good player just to get there. But there's like, actually another son of a, a, a professional golfer that has Minnesota ties, Cameron Lumpy Heron. Yeah, he was close. He missed. By he two was shots. close. Yeah, he was there. So he'd be another one that kind of was was the right. Two there. Heron kids, decent golfers, decent golfers coming up. So in so. the one that um, in the one that Frankie qualified at, Frankie qualified ahead of Chesson Hadley, um, Bo Van Pelt, Harold Varner the third, Sam Saunders, Brandon Hagee. That's the guy that hits it like forty miles. Um, so 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 Frankie beat out some good players. Yeah. Um, and then I was just going to mention these live players did get in. So Carlos Ortiz. I think one in a playoff with Wesley Bryan and some other guy to get in. So he's in. Um, how about this name? Might be familiar with it. Former Arizona State player, David Puig. Yeah. He was, I'm not sure. was the, um, he's a live guy. He was the individual NCAA champion a couple of years ago. I believe so. Yep. And then Seabass, Sebastian Munoz got also got in. Yep. So those are some some live guys names yeah, that you see. I like Seabass. He's one of my guys. He's one of my guys. He's one of your guys. So Seabass is in, and then there's some other guys that we'll we'll get in just based off of um, was, uh, you know, world was, ranking. Was Seabass flex steel? Was he was he rocking the uh, the flex steel for there for a while? What is flex steel, Tim? You have to speak oh, my yeah. language. Here's a... just the best sponsor out there. Just okay. The, the spray painting up. Okay. Here's a, how about this one? I can't believe this guy had to go through the qualifier. I don't know. I don't even know what his world ranking is. JJ Spahn did not make it. He won a, he won an event last year. He had a great year. Did he not? Yeah. He won last year. He won. Yes. And Texas, he's been in contention at other events. Like how is he in qualifying? That's kind of crazy to me. I think that's the fascinating, like going through some of those names is just like, how is he not in, you know? So it's very an exclusive event to get to play in the U S open. Um, I just want to point out a few other break 80 notables, some guys that have followed and, and um, you know, it's kind of fall, fun following them. We, I think Mike, Mike touched on Derek Kitchener, D hitch. We had him on the pod uh, kind of struggled his first round, you know, shot two over. And I think it went four under in the last one to kind of make a push for it. Didn't quite get in a um, couple other names. I want to give shout outs to Brady Madsen played pretty well today. Van Holgrim, uh, Will, Will Frazier, um, Props to Will. He went 78, 69 on a very tough course. Um, nice. so that that's uh he's got to feel pretty good about that second round. Didn't give in. Thomas Campbell works out at the Minnesota Swing Lab in Lakeville. Um, teed it up as well. So some good connections, some good people that uh you know we have some ties with. Um yeah, I I, I could imagine that that's not an easy thing to try to do, knowing you have to go low. It's not just to hang on and see, it's a uh, fire away and make birdies on very difficult conditions. I, uh, Will had sent me that video where that ball rolls back to the thing and rolls all the way off the green, you know, situations like that. Um, so I, I was uh, going to point out a couple other stories that the U.S. qualifiers had. I think there's a lot of little mini stories within, which kind of makes it cool. If you haven't followed Monday qualifier, he's got a bunch of them. But the thing that hit us this morning was the fact that Victor Hovland carried a bag for 36 holes 
for his Absolute college teammate. Legend. Unbelievable. Absolute legendary move. Love it. <laughs> Other than the fact that he could not have partied after winning last night, he couldn't have. You never know. I mean, those Norwegians, they can probably handle a little booze. You live, you grow up up there, but I think, I think it, it leads to a greater point for me is, is there any kind of buddy better than a good golf, like a good golf buddy? Like this guy is just a, it's his college, it's his college teammate who, <laughs> you know, he's just out there looping all fucking day long for his buddy. That's just a great story. The fact that you won your first like event, PGA event on, on, you know, American soil, whatever. And it's like, you're, you don't even get to like spend time soaking that in. You're just immediately cast into this next morning into this caddying situation where you're not even like your, your win is basically over already. You haven't really even got a chance. That's that tells you that, that, yeah, that, that friendship and bond is pretty damn tight. And, if I, that's... Just, and I just think like, what is like, how good of a human being, or what does that say about Victor Hovland? And, you know, he's the number five ranked player in the world now that he just, he could have probably done a, a, a lot of stuff today and he didn't do anything. And he went with his buddy and just looped her all day long. That's pretty cool. I would have guessed too that this was something that was pre-planned before he won, and he just honored sure. he just honored it. He's like, dude, I made a commitment that I was gonna beg for you today, loop for you today, and I'm gonna still do it. I, I know I just won a tournament and whatever, but you know, yeah. he basically put you know celebration he, his buddy over celebration. He could have easily paid some. He could have easily called his buddy and said, "Hey, I'm gonna pay some local looper." couple grand to come and loop for you you know whatever because he's got a ton of money now and but he didn't he showed up that's pretty cool that's pretty cool tim would you do that for me oh jeff you I'd just won you, you just won the state am and i'm trying to tee up at my monticello uh club championship would you just just fresh off of tim win just winning at the minibus golf club put away the parting i got a loop for for jeff in the morning I it, it, do I need to put away the partying? I just, <laughs> just I got that dog in me. I'd be up and awake. I'd, I'd be checking the wind like fluff. <laughs> they make a solid screw up at Monticello Country Club, as I can attest to from a seven thirty. There morning. you go. Uh, I, I'd get back on it for you. If I was on but, Just Bang, I would. Be, oh boy, I would be. I would have to every time he pulled the club, I'd have to put my hand on top of his hand and stare him right in the eyes and say, "Commit to the swing." <laughs> I don't want to see the hold off I, player. I don't want to see it. <laughs> he put. I have to swear in. I have to put my hand up his mic and say, "I will honor my commitment to this swing." <laughs> oh, funny. maybe we should uh, ask this, Jeff. Who would you rather have on your bag? Would it be Mike or myself? You know, I don't know. I don't know which one I could go with there. I, I I'd have to think about that for a while. Um, some other stories around uh, the 13 year old that tried to qualify. I'm trying to picture what I was doing at 13 years old. And the last thing I would be doing is trying to beat some grown men in golf. I mean, that's unbelievable. And the fact that he was, I I think last I checked, he was like, there's 90 guys in his thing and he was around 50 or something like that. So I will talk about the high school stuff later, but I can't even imagine, you know, I was trying to talk my guys off a cliff today but they were all stressed out about our round tomorrow but this kid's playing in the u.s open sectionals as a seventh grader insane um another cool story that uh, if you guys have, have noticed or saw maybe saw a video on this but there's a dude he shot 500 a day was the medalist who chips with one hand so he's a right-handed golfer chips with only mike i think it was his trail handle correct Yes. So it'd be his, his right, right hand. 
So he's a right-hander. Ships with only one hand. I mean, I saw a video of it, and it's like it came out super nice. But as Tim mentioned when we were offline here, you get some thick rough in there. How do you even? You gotta I, I don't know how you. Through. I don't know how you get the velocity through thick rough. I don't know how you hold the club face. Yeah, so turn it over. Would it turn it over? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't. I think he doesn't always chip two hand or one handed. I think like you get two. Now, granted, LACC is not going to be your traditional U.S. Open. It's more, it's got wider fairways, but there's going to be some thick rough. And reading an article about him, um, he basically started doing it as a chipping drill at practice. You know, he was just, he was just practice chipping one-handed, and he gained so much confidence that he started doing it on the golf course. He got so confident, he just rather would chip one-handed. Uh, basically, he's a professional. He's not an amateur. And he was trying to figure out how, you know, how to chip better to get to the next level as a pro. And it just kind of, he started implementing it in tournaments and it stuck, but he did say that he's hitting more shots with two hands now also. Okay. So maybe tight lies, maybe like, maybe like the tight know. lies or not. He's got a lot of confidence in the one-handed swing still, but he's bringing it to the U S open baby. That's unbelievable. I, will, I can't wait to see that. If that's, that's my CTV chip, the one arm chipper. Um, Mike, do you want to talk about the drill swing guy? Oh my God. I, well, I don't even know his name. I don't, he didn't make it, but um, there was another guy. I think he might've been playing in the same, I think that was at Hillcrest. California. Wasn't it? Was it was Hillcrest it in LA? Oh, LA yeah. Hillcrest is the one they filmed. I think parts of, uh, of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm at possibly. Um, anyway, there's a guy who, again, has to be a good player. You You cannot get, to U.S. Open sectionals without being a good golfer. You just don't sign up. You have to make your way there. And he was teeing off. Last I saw, he was plus two through nine. And basically, he would do a drill that that we do um, with high school kids to kind of get them on plane where you, you get them over the ball, and then you start your takeaway kind of, and you like hinge your wrist, and you just leave it there. So basically, you just got to swing or whatever, you know. He was bringing it up like that. And then just swinging it. And he was like total full going at it, dude. You see the videos? He was just like ripping it. But he had this crazy, it looked like a, a legit like driving range drill. And he's doing it on the actual golf course in the US Open sectional. Absolutely the craziest thing. But it's like, you know what? He's a good player, obviously. So swing your swing, man. Good for you. Ballsy, ballsy. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah. Swing your swing. I love that. Um, another thing to point out, the Black Boys, you know, Michael Black stole stole the uh, the limelight straight from Brooks Kepka a couple weeks ago. Is uh, and, and one of the stories that we heard from him was the fact that him and his son both qualified for this. And so I don't, they didn't, from what I saw though, they didn't play in the same sectional. Like one was in California, one was in like Canada because he's playing the RBC. So I think he must have got switched over somehow. Yeah, he played in Toronto. So, so he must have originally they were talking about how, you know, if they had the last spot, you know, I'd bogey for you to get him in, you know, all that lovey stuff. But, but yeah, they played in different locations. And I, I, Michael did shoot pretty well. Michael Black shot, I think, five under, missed by two. And then his son, Dylan, who from Michael Block, this is what he says. I mean, he can hit it a mile, super, super fast swing speed. But he went 81 71. So, he, probably a little nerves early and then just decided to let loose and play some golf and, and uh, found something on that back 18. And then from what I hear, I don't know if this is confirmed or not. Did, did, somebody did mention that or somebody texted me some about, he, 
he did break a club over his knee. So he's got a little bit of fieriness in him. <laughs> so well, unless something happens this week at the Oakdale Golf and Country Club in Canada for the RBC, I hope Michael Block secured a lot of money and did a lot of signing of signups of like speaking engagements during his 15 minutes of fame. I hope he milked it for more than we know because uh, the, the crash since then has so far not been kind. We'll see what happens this week, but uh, he has not been able to live up to the billing of the PGA championship. Well, as Tim mentioned last week, it's, it's, you know, on him, he just came out with wild statements. If you just kind of played, woe is me, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm playing, you know, just enjoying life and, he probably would still be a hero today, but he just kind of had some wild comments that we commented about last week. So anything else from the, you know, the sec- the sectional qualifiers that you guys saw or wanted to touch note on? I mean, a lot of good players getting through. I'm sure there'll be more, you know, information coming out throughout the week on some of these guys that actually qualified, but that's all I have for, for now. Anything else? Can you imagine if, if, the break 80 podcast boys were, were good enough to play in this. How many fucking beers we would be drinking if one of us made it into the goddamn US Open? I don't even know if I'd be alive the next day. I don't even know if I'd be like this. Think about that. Like, if you are like, I know most of these guys are pros, you know, like 90% of these guys are pros. There's got to be a few amateurs in there that made it. Like, let's say you're some 30, and it's happened before. You're some 30 year old amateur, you know, you're a whatever, you're a lawyer or something, or you're a, accountant and you make the u.s open like your dream has just come true you're playing in the u.s open you might get blitzed to a point where you don't even live to see it like you, you don't even make it, like, you, like you don't even make it you don't even make it the two weeks to lacc because you, you're like it's so ecstatic it'd be amazing god i, I could not wait to shoot 110 out there <laughs> just the hangover from the plane trip in yeah, there. Well, the thing is, there won't be as ca- much carnage at LACC. It's a great golf course, good golf course, but by all accounts, it's got much wider fairways and everything than your traditional, you know, super tight U.S. Open. So I don't think it'll be as. Now, the one thing they're going to get out there, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, next week, is it is a U.S. Open that the USGA probably will love because you know they don't get a ton of rain there. So I'm guessing. They can make that place drier than dry, and it is just going to be hard as hell to hold a green. I would, I would assume if they Zach want Johnson to. meme, Zach Johnson meme coming <laughs> at you. <laughs> They've lost this course. Uh, maybe we'll see another Phil. Phil hit the putter. I was okay, so I was going to ask something. Speaking of Phil, I I have to ask. Yeah, we can get into Phil too. I was going to ask this. All right, there's been these pin spots on some of these tournaments like especially thinking of the the girls tournament college tournament or whatever it was where it's almost near an impossible pin location basically it's any any over back and forth if you put it and isn't it hitting a ball in motion two-stroke penalty yes could you put it and then as it's moving just put it into the hole and just take a two-stroke penalty if you know you're not yeah no you can't you gotta replace that. You gotta put it back. You can't just like well, there's, you can't. What you're saying is essentially you put it up by the hole, and before it rolls back to you, yeah, you go and tap it in. No, take you, your no two stroke penalty. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but but Tim says that's good. You cannot do that. We lose Tim. Yeah, we might have. He's like frozen. Okay, so it was seems fine to me. 
his response is so absurd that he's froze out. Okay, I just want to. I, I just want to. I want to make sure on that because that that seems golf rules. No, I'm out of here. I'm sorry. I'll be back. Doesn't later. it seem like so that girls one was a division three tournament? Okay, is that what it was? like I'm guessing for like the big time like D one events like Greyhawk? They go out. They know what. I'm guessing in that case, somebody F that up. The, they put it in a spot that was impossible. They didn't know any better. It was probably some kid out there cutting pins. And, and I, yeah, I mean, the, obviously the U.S. Opens got like that a few times, like 18 at Olympic Club, where they where they couldn't stop it, you know, by the hole. But that's almost done on purpose, where they dry it out, you know, on purpose. So I don't know. I, I love it. I love Bring the back carnage. Shinnecock. Yeah, bring it. I love it. Make these guys look mortal. It's amazing. The Retief Goosen win at Shinnecock, what was that, 0304? Might be my favorite US Open to watch. Just how Silly. absolutely brutal it was. Oh, it was so fun. We can't get the ball to stop. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I feel trying to warm up for my round on this casual chipping green. Why won't the ball check? Anytime, anytime <laughs> they have the fire hose out there in between groups watering the green. It's just the horniest scene in golf. Like, you know, <laughs> like you know, you know, it's gonna be just pure nastiness when they have to water down in between groups because the green is like cement. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of you know hard golf courses, I think the watching the memorial this week was pretty fascinating because it was one of those things where I have actually have always liked watching this golf tournament, and I think. Two reasons. One, the people that play really well are just super in control of their golf ball and make the course look really easy because they typically are, you know, going to birdie a lot of the par fives. They're going to, you know, play conservative targets on the long par threes. And they they come around, zip around that place and shoot all of a sudden five, six, seven under. And then you got the guy that doesn't have control of his golf ball, and he's shooting 85s, 86s. I think Billy Horschel shot an 84, who won it the year before. And it's like, it seems like it's very penalizing or penalizing if you are do not know where your golf ball is going. And if you're in control, you can score out there. So it's, it's kind of that really fascinating um, difference of the two. And you saw that this week. You saw some hideous scores. I mean, I think it was, what was the winning score? Like uh, seven, eight under? Uh, Victor seven was under, seven under. Seven under was a playoff, yeah. Okay, seven under got yeah. to the playoff. So it was like one of those things where, kind of like major-esque in a way, major scoring where you get not quite double digits. It's not a, definitely not a 25 under win. You know, it's it's a really good go- test of golf. So I kind of liked watching it this week. And obviously Victor did win. We kind of touched on that early. Um, he beat Mike's side crush. Danny My guy, Danny. God, I was, I was heart. I was just gutted, just heartbroken. <laughs> but uh, I do want to say congrats to Timmy. He did pick Victor Hovland in our picks last week. So congrats, I got to say too. I got to. It's been a long time coming for him. I've had him up here on my picks for a long time, waiting for it to pay off. Uh, also, Jack Nicholas, a dick of a designer, and I forget <laughs> it. There is two monikers he uses on his courses whether it's a jack nicholas like championship design or signature design but his layouts are brutal they're dog-legged they're bunkered on both sides they're tree-lined there's forced carries everywhere it's just one of the worst 
kind of courses that you can play I was um, to, as a casual golfer. I was going to bring up the exact same thing, Tim. I was going to use the word asshole. He used dick. Well, same thing. <laughs> like Tim and I have went on, Tim and I have went on and on about this before. I am not a fan of playing a Jack Nicholas golf course. They're not that fun. I think part of that to me is like you, Jack's been a big roll the ball back. Like he wants it harder on these guys. And if you looked, if you watched Memorial, the rough was the rough was just as thick as like a U.S. Open. Some spots there were guys that were chipping around greens that were just befuddled as to what to do. And uh, I think universally, almost the entire tournament complained about what was the sixteen, the par three or whatever. They were just yeah. bitching about that hole of being terrible. Um, yeah, I think he's he he does it a little over the top on on some of the difficulty, but whatever. I like watching that kind of golf for the pros because they're so good. Uh, you know, I was I, I shed a I shed a tear. For Danny, he was he was so good all day until the big bogey on eighteen. Then he flared it right in the playoff. Uh, yeah. The best sharpshooter out there, him and no, him and Novak, our guy from the pod, the best shooters on tour. Um, but uh, the craziest stat to me, I think Jeff, you posted on Instagram today, and I saw it is Scotty Scheffler is hitting the ball so good and putting it like like one of us were out there like just it just a, think about this what they say if you took scotty scheffler's ball striking and you put in denny mccarthy who i believe was number one in strokes and putting scheffler yep, yep. wins by 18 shots like it isn't <laughs> even like it isn't even close like he's just kicking the shit out of everybody t to green and then like the last and especially like the last like four weeks since the U.S. or since the PGA, he has been terrible putting. Like he's been damn near last at every single event he's played. Um, so I, it's bizarre. It's crazy if how he, bad if he's he, putting. Basically, if he puts, you know, middle of the field, he's got like three wins the last four weeks. Basically, mm-hmm. that's that's how exactly ridiculous this is. He missed the playoff by a shot. I know. That's exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> I, I'm up to I'm up to sixty percent greens and reg on my own on my own scorecard and putting has gone through the absolute roof. What? <laughs> well, it's, think about it's it. amazing what happens when you hit fairways. Yeah, but, the okay, greens but you go gotta up. Think, you got to think about that though, Tim. If you hit more greens, you are going to have more putts because you, if you hit if you hit it, you're going to be farther away. If you miss a green, you're going to be chipping. You should, in theory, have fewer putts if you have less greens and regulation. In theory, yes, but frequently comes to that. Unfortunately, the chipping's been a little bit rough. So here nor there, I I I feel what Scott is going through. As a mover of the feet, when I hit the golf ball, I understand completely. This ball striking knows no bounds, and the putting has no restraint on my golf score. <laughs> You wonder it's what over, we all know it's overrated. Yeah, yeah. I you wonder what Scotty's doing. I mean, he's probably like low key when nobody's watching, just spending hours just trying to get that putter because I don't, he hasn't really talked much about it. I don't, I haven't, you know, he's just Heidi Ho, Ned Flanders getting interviewed at the memorial. He's giggling. I love his laugh, by the way. He has the best laugh on tour by far, but uh, he just doesn't really, you know, he, he did mention that it was, you know, it's not great right now, but he wasn't like down about it. I mean, I think if he just kind of keeps plugging away and just hope that the putter works one week, he's going to have, but he's got to just look back and think, 
what if, like, honestly, if I could have just made anything, even at the masters, I mean, going back to the masters, he'd made nothing and he still finished. I don't know what he ended up finishing it, but, but like, if he makes anything that week, he's in the running hundred percent. He's wonder, right there. I wonder if we can get him on the Prayer, pod. Jeff. What if we can get him on the pod? Because Tim and I have been Prayer. railing on this for years that putting is overrated. And, and I think like it's half a stroke. He's kind of, he's, kind of proving us right like if you hit it good enough like he is clearly he is right there in contention and he is the worst putter out there like it like it's not even close he was he's been so bad and he's been in contention in all of these tournaments he lost colonial by like a stroke did he not (laughs) yes he lost colonial by a stroke pga championship he got second and he's like damn near dead last in all the putting stats it's absolutely amazing but just goes to prove you just hit it good and you'll be just fine. But putting is the only thing like I have over you two. I just got, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like the one man yep. scramble, it's Denny McCarthy versus Scotty Scheffler, Mike Scotty Scheffler. I'm just Dennis. <laughs> McCarthy just, it. it was just dropping bombs and <laughs> watching. Not that, miss. not that I was not that, not that we were competing against each other because we were in like different things, but it was, it's kind of deflating when, it's it's a case in point of like it's deflating when you got like a ten footer and then the guy keeps making a thirty five footer before you every single time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that whole Jeff made a forty strings. footer in front of me first first round. What in Tampa area, Jeff? You made a forty oh, footer yeah, on yeah. me during our match. I'm just like, are you kidding? Yeah, we're gonna go there first hole. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's the, the Scotty Scheffler thing is fascinating. Like, it's almost like I want to go back and see how well he's hitting it, like versus Tiger. 2000 right like like this has got to be that level of of ball striking i mean it's just unbelievable the stats that he's pumping out so i think somebody needs to look into it like are we talking some of the best ball striking ever these last month you know it's got to be damn close um some other stories of the tournament i think at least the ones that i thought of uh you know you've got um tim you kind of posted this one you've got rory uh Tied for the lead going to last day. Actually, at one point, had the solo lead, I think, at seven under. And then he just got on the bogey train and just roared the rest rest of the way down. And I don't know. I can't remember. Was RBC his last win? When was the last time he won? Was it the RBC? He won the Tour Championship last year. Okay, that's right. He came back on Scotty, actually, didn't he? Yes. And that's not even a fair when when people started off with different strokes. Maybe he just needs to start behind. If you just put everybody else at, at at even par and just start Rory at like five over, he might win more tournaments. Uh, if he shot 70, he wins. There's a bunch of guys shot in the 60s. If he just shoots 70, the same score Danny McCarthy shot, he wins. And the frustrating thing with him is, from what I can tell, he drove the ball really well this week. He had the worst wedges, I mean, which still seems to be his weakness because we've all talked about Rory's wedges in the past. Can't get anything close. In fact, half the time, he missed, I think there's like four or five holes. He had a wedge in hand and didn't hit the green in the last round. So it's just a disaster from that. I also want to point this guy out. I mean, he seems to kind of now have have this same kind of thing where we've been talking about how well Ricky Fowler's playing, playing well, playing well, playing well. He had a chance, and he goes, the last two days, yep. he went, like the last four holes, he bogeys like three out of the last four to finish his round too. So I know, I know those holes were hard at the end, but finding a way to just 
you know, make par and, and hang in there, which, which some of these world-class players need to find how to do. I also thought it was fascinating that Cantley was only two strokes back going into the final round, and he's killed this course over the course of it, and he shot damn near 80, it seemed like. He was terrible, but he, that goes back, I think, was it Saturday? Maybe it was Sunday. Saturday, he was right there, and he made a triple bogey, and from that point on, he just could not recover. But he, he got was, back to 400 and only two back going into Sunday. Yeah. There's only shot, two down. He shot, he shot a, a monster. Yeah, shot but a, he was shot a monster. He was, uh, yeah, he made that triple. He would have been leading if it wasn't for that triple. Um, I don't know. I was disappointed in him because I had, I had my man Danny picked in our, in our picks league. I had Danny, Cantley, and Rom. And Danny showed up, and the other two just didn't do shit. Just laid around. And, I mean, they, they both finished, like, top 25, but nothing – decent so when denny was up there i was like "Ooh, my team's gotta be good and then nope there are two late eggs <laughs> oh so i don't know anything other takes from from the tournament uh no it's a it's a good tournament because you get the good field like you know it's a hard golf i like it because it's a hard golf course it's way better than your classic you know whatever uh val spar or something no, Valero in Texas. Valspar is actually hard, hard sometimes. Um, you oh, know, or, or Valero is a great course. Played there. The, it's wonderful. Know, TPC Deer Run, even the 3M where they shoot 20 under. I love it when you know going in it's going to be tough. Those are the best ones to watch. Yeah, especially, you know, like 18 is just no, like when it's when it's tied and you're, you've got like the leader going on 18, like you know there's a double bogey possibly looming out there. You know that they have to hit this tiniest of fairways with water to the left. If you go right, you're pretty much dead. So they oh, make yeah. you hit the toughest tee shot on the last hole. And Denny kind of found that out. So and the rough is brutal because Denny had an opening. He he was right of the bunker yeah. in the playoff, and he only had like a nine iron in there, but it's so thick he couldn't get it up the hill. <laughs> so well, we are headed to. I wasn't going to even touch on this. I don't even know if are we making picks this week. I don't care. I mean, we're headed, we <laughs> could take a week off. What's Tim's on a heater. We might as well. Tim's on a heater. We might as well do a yeah, pick. Yeah, I've, I've got the pick. Winner. I've got it ready to go. We might as well All do right. a winner. Tim's on a heater right now. So, yeah, we had to uh, Canada, heading up north to Canada before we head to the U.S. Open. So, let's just do a quick. We're not even going to really preview it at all. Let's just have everybody go no. through a pick. Um, just to see if we can get this, this Stanley Thompson beautiful design. I've got the the course flyover right now. Holy nice. trees! Yes, but holy I hate trees! What, I hate. I absolutely hate when courses when tournaments are like this. So it's Oakdale Golf and Country Club. It's a Stanley Thompson, but it's like a twenty-seven hole facility. So they like they like piece holes together to make an eighteen-hole routing. I fucking hate that. Just give me a classic 18 hole golf course. Like I hate it when they're when they're piecing holes together. It just this sucks. But anyway, the course remember, does look good. Do you remember the last time they pieced a tree lined course together? When? Where? The country club. Yeah, but that's diff- that's totally different. They had like oh, two extra it's not. They had like two extra holes. And they they put one part of three into play. The main golf course is still the main golf course there. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, who's going to pick? Jeff? Tim? I, I'll, let, I'll let Tim has got his pick up and running. He can pick. I, I do. I do. And there's quite a few draw holes in this course. It's fairly tree-lined. We're going to put a, a lot of pressure on the tee ball. And as Mike said, 
it it's a composite course. There's going to be different pieces from the whole 27 going into play. Uh, so I'm picking a guy that did well on a fairly tree-lined northern golf course and uh, a decent drawer of the golf ball. And that's, we're going Fitzy. We're going to Fitzy for a win. He's, he hasn't looked good in a long time. So he needs a little bit of rebound before he goes in to defend his title. Jeff, we got. Well, I got another guy that knows how to work the golf ball. I love how he has different trajectories. He's got different movements of the ball. Loves to have a pint after he wins the Open Championship. The Irishman, Shane Lowry, has actually played really well there. Played really well there. Has finished uh, top 10 last year. Has finished second um, at at the RBC. Um, Playing okay. 16th at the Memorial. 12th at the PGA Championship. So I think... You know, he's in good form, and that's kind of what I go with. Good form and good history. Okay. You know who the Vegas favorite is, don't you? Rory. The RBC. Rory. Rory, baby. He's the favorite. Now, I can't, pick, I can't pick him. That'd be like a Tim-esque pick, and that's kind of boring. I would, I would like never to say, uh, you know, Tyrrell's been hot. This could, be a, this could be a Tyrrell kind of course. But I like a great story, and nothing greater there's nothing greater than bringing home a national championship to your home country. So I'm going to have to pick, I picked them. It seems like all the time on this podcast, a guy, a guy, I believe Tim, what did you say from the flavor drawer of the golf ball? Draw a lot of holes. Was it Corey drawer? Connors or is it Bay Hayes and Hootenhausen? No, he's <laughs> South African, which by the way, he played well at Memorial. Did you see that? The Zayden Hoot. Um, he, was like top, he was top 30. Um, Corey Connors, great ball striker, big draw guy, loves hitting the draw, a lot of pressure. You know, there's probably no more, there's probably not a more pressure packed tournament in golf than being a Canadian in the Canadian Open. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that the U.S. Open is, or the Masters of the Open is more power packed than being the Canadian, you know, with, with, with the greats like Mike Weir and Mo Norman and uh, all the other great. Did Mo Norman win? The Canadian? No, Open? he didn't. No, he didn't. But he's a. He's. Those are the only two Canadians I could think of. Oh, Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes <laughs> is up there. <laughs> There's, I just couldn't think of a lot of Canadian golfers at the moment. But uh, tons of pressure on Corey Carnes, but he's going to come through. That's my pick. All right. Uh, before we get into a couple other things here, I just want to point out some. You know, lots have gone on since the last time we were on the podcast, and we got to point out that Rose saying how unbelievable her college career was and she takes her first professional tournament and turns it into a win and wow i mean that's i don't know has that ever been done before first professional tournament i can't uh, phil i can't think of a a men's equivalent well phil won as an amateur he won right but it wasn't his first yeah tournament it wasn't his first event as a pro it was an amateur Uh, i can't think it's like right out right out of the Gates though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tiger played in Milwaukee and made a hole in one, but he, he did win. decent at Milwaukee. Yeah, he didn't yeah. win though. Like, so I can't. I mean, I don't know. Legendary stuff. Did you see the par four she got Dan made an ace on? No, on, like, Saturday's round. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's super good. She's won like I think in college her like win percentage is about the same as Tiger's or something like that. I made better. Silly. I don't know. She kind of she didn't play well on Sunday. She shot two over. Okay. But she held on in the playoff. 
it'll be interesting to see you know how, how she pro- projects it feels like we've had some you know nothing like this level but we've had a lot of girls that have hey this is the next this this is the next this and you know from lydia co to you know a couple others that have have come up as as pretty good young players and so i don't know it seems like sometimes they have a really good start as they're young and then all of a sudden they realize how hard winning actually is and then it becomes not as easy if that makes sense like they they can find a way to win because that's what they've been used to and it's just contagious and it's like doesn't matter what tournament i'm going to win this and then they go through this where it's like oh man winning kind of is hard and then they kind of think about it too much so it'll be interesting to see if that ever happens to her i hope she is dominant for a long time i i actually am in the boat that thinks women's golf needs that um they've had a, a a long run here of a lot of great players but they kind of bounce around like Lydia Cole be number one and court. There's a lot of changes all the time. They haven't had a dominant, you know, top line. That's per- like so probably since Annika Sorenstam where she's number one in the world for multiple years. Um, and majors, you know, her, I think her, yeah, her and Carrie Webb kind of remember that back in the day, they were like one and two for a long time. Like women, the women's game has a ton of great players, but they've had a lot of like bouncing around, like who the top player is. There hasn't been that one dominant, dominant, just like unbeatable player. And that'd be kind of cool to me if if that's kind of what she turns into, because she's definitely talented. Typically, too, ratings go up. Ratings go up when there's one dominant player, or yes, one dominant do. team. Absolutely. So it'd just be really good for women's golf right now if, if they could find that Rosang that does do... What Tiger did. I mean, her stats are better than Tiger Woods' stats coming out of, of Stanford right now. Yeah. Just unbelievable. She's unreal. Well, maybe I can get my you know, my girls to start watching golf and just say, Hey, this girl's like awesome. Like you gotta watch her. Maybe that'll get them into it. Who knows? They they they're they're kind of like just fair weather golfers. And so if I can get somebody to kind of get them intrigued and want to watch a little bit, maybe they'll start trying to be Rosane. That's what that's what your little kids need. Your one daughter bombs the ball, though. She has she, a Mike swing mentality. No I practice swing, no swing thoughts. Love it already. Just bombs it. Love it. Yeah, didn't get it from me. I know that. So we'll she see has if... to, Mike, it, Mike. She's got to be like three foot eight and hits it 180 yards. It's insane. She's got yeah. two birdies and she's seven. Perfect from the rem- women's love tees. It. So, well, you know, the other thing I was gonna touch on that happened you know that we didn't get a chance to talk about was florida winning the national championship so that was you know played over i think they played florida state in the ship um and then beyondy was the individual champion so that was kind of something that happened i i always like watching college golf as well um just to kind of get some of those names that are that's kind of when i started watching matt wolf and some of these guys that you know you know are going to be at some point you know justin Suh has been a guy that was fun to watch in college kind of hit a little hiatus there and now he's we're seeing him a lot more so some of these college guys that are very talented and up and coming get a chance to see him a little bit on tv and then you know see how they do and i think gordon Sargent would be another one of those guys you know that you kind of watch in college and you wonder how he's going to do in the pros so i was really pulling for georgia tech um not because i care about georgia tech but they were the tall guys team their whole team was like six they had one guy that was five ten and the rest of the team was six four and above it was all tall guys. Nice. I don't, I don't, I don't, the Kucher, the Kucher footprint, huh? I don't, you know, us tall, tall guys are smart engineering like mine's at Georgia Tech, but uh, I don't think people out there realize how difficult it is being tall. 
you got to find pants and sh- you know shorts are longer that they look like short shorts. Oh, woe is me. You got to get clubs, you know, extra length, you know, whatever. It's, you, t- putting with the pencil grip, almost impossible to have good posture. It's almost impossible to look good out there. Uh, it's a tough seat when you're tall, you know, <laughs> makes the game hard. But good by, good by Georgia Tech to get to the championship, wherever the hell they got. They got absolutely destroyed, though, I think, in one of them, in, in the... In one in one of the things, I can't remember which one it was. This is when Mike tells us he doesn't work out because it takes so far to squat down. <laughs> it does. God damn, it's like a double workout. It's it's hard to put on his, his <laughs> running away. His running shoes. He's got to reach down there and tie them. You can't put slip ons on. <laughs> the, uh, he's wearing nothing was, but Crocs. I was the uh, the shortest boy in my class till tenth grade, but so like, I guess this. I can't really use this excuse, but remember the presidential fitness club in elementary school? We had to do yes. all that stuff, like Sip the reach. shuttle run and the, the, it was all easy. I just breezed through oh, every single were so one. Far away. The V sit reach, the stretching one. <laughs> I was pretty sure every time in the back of my knees were just going to explode, trying to get to that, get my, <laughs> my hands down there. <laughs> how, how, many is that? how many pull-ups? Mike? How is that fitness? Uh, I could do a lot, but I was younger because I was so light. I was just a string bean. I don't know. The only one I ever had a tr- trouble with, you know, out of all of the stuff was the stretching. <laughs> the one, the one that involved like no speed or strength. Just can you, can you touch your fucking toes? And that was the hardest one every single time you just to, said, to get you just, the number. You had to push that gray little scale thing as far as you could. It was just <laughs> terrible. That was horrible. That is, that is a medieval torture device uh also <laughs> jeff 23 yeah. pull-ups in in fourth grade wow that's yeah impressive. yeah school record school record in fourth really grade. i mean i weighed nothing i weighed nothing you still have to have some strength though to do a pull-up i don't care how much you weigh down so in I'll davenport, props to that. down in davenport which by the way made the news this week as apartment buildings are just collapsing on themselves for no apparent reason did you see that it's a hard and it's tim's, a, and tim's hard life down, down there <laughs> It's a hard, it's a hard life in Georgia, guys. Try to tell you. Well, so that's not as easy as you thought growing up in Dirty D. Um, this week we have, and I, I finished up today. So our high school golf, my high school golf is over today. Tim, did you guys finish up? You guys have to go to state? We've got two going to state. So two we'll going to be state individuals. Okay. We'll be doing some rounds this week and then Monday practice round tuesday wednesday at state and mike you got a big one tomorrow huh yeah rookie coaches by the way playing the monday practice round at bunker always a bad idea never do it (laughs) because are you going to the banquet too that evening no i don't i don't i don't plan i don't plan they never it never works out well it's like oh the state gives you these practice round times and then uh it butts right up to the banquets. You got to fly over to the banquet. I always tell the kids, like, we'll just play a different practice on the weekend or something. But yeah, big one for the boys tomorrow. As 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 we're speaking right now, it's ten thirty four p.m. Monday night. I am getting up at four fifteen in the morning tomorrow, Tuesday, to go to Gross. Hinkley for for second round of the state tournament because the the squad made it a day two. We are uh, six shots behind Anoka. We shot two ninety nine. So. We're six shots behind in second place. So, you know, it's not, you know, like a couple of strokes, but it's within striking distance, I guess. Um, yeah, we played well. You know, we uh, 
I would I would say as I told I told my guys today, um, yeah, I think I've been doing this for a while. I guess this might be the most fun year I've had coaching. It's not the best teams we've had. We've had way better, you know, score wise, but we have slowly gotten better all year long, and we're just kind of we've played our best golf the last couple of weeks now when it matters, and a couple, um. A couple of kids have stepped up and played really well that we needed, and we got at least we got a we got a fighter's chance, anyways. Now, um, so, which is all, which is all you can ask for. That's, huh? Go ahead. So I was just gonna say, Tim and I are in the car tomorrow. And they're in the van. We're, we're we're two of your. What are you gonna say to us as we drive up to Hinkley in the hour and a half? Oh God! Well, first ride. of all, they're all. What, first of all, they're all they're all us. sleeping. They're all sleeping, and I'm listening to K Fan <laughs> Morning Show. Um, you know, well, I already kind of told them today. <laughs> I already told them today, and and I think uh, like you can already see it today. You know that that's the that's the crappy part about having the the app for scoring. They all know where they're at. They all look at you know. I'm sure like so. My team we shot seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, seventy seven. That was our scores that that counted our four scores. Um, and. You know, I would say my 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 number one player actually didn't made a triple bogey and shot seventy three, um, so he could play better. Uh, he was he lost in a playoff last year as an individual to go to state, so I don't I don't think he'll be that affected. He's a pretty laid back guy, pretty you know, pretty calm, um, good player. Uh, my, I think they played four and five for me, but they played anywhere from three to five. Played really well. They shot seventy four and or seventy. Yeah, 74, 75. So they're kind of right there. Uh, our section is not like the some sections where the cut, you know, is usually about 150 for two days. You know, so they they know where they're at. They know they have a chance. And you could just hear them today when we're at practice talking about it. You, I, I could just, well, the moment I walked up there, because, you know, they got out there before I did because they were, we they're right by the high school uh golf course was today where we practiced that but they're already talking about what score they need to, need to shoot i'm like just stop like that you can't <laughs> like it's not that's not how this works you can't go out there and and have a number in your head and think that that's going to be a good a good thing you're just not gonna it's not going to end well you just got so my message is go out there and have fun and play and take it one shot at a time and i think like i told my team today i'm like it, which you really need to understand and, and they're kids first of all they're kids they're not adults i said if if um you know you go out there tomorrow and you don't play well and you have a bad day and that's the worst thing that happened to you today was you played a bad round of golf and you didn't make the state tournament that's still a pretty damn good day all things considered and you know of what some people in life go through on a day-to-day basis and you know and really bad things that happen every day to people like that's a pretty damn good day to play bad golf, you know, whatever. So they, they, I try, I take a lot of the Ted Lasso approach to things when it comes to golf, Um, you know, and just like, if you haven't, if you, if you are a golf coach out listening and you have not watched Ted Lasso, you, that should be penalty, like go to jail. Like it is, it is a number one for like golf coaching. Like I know it's a soccer show, but it is the most like mental, just like how to treat people and deal with things. Perfect for golf. Um. Anyway, go ahead. So, I was just say, sounds like you need to give me that speech just before I tee off for the quest to qualify. Oh <laughs> hold, yeah, hold just go out there, have fun. Ted, Ted Don't have so a number well. in your head. I need. Like, I think. 
these kids, you know, and again, they're kids. They, 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 you know, they haven't, and, and, and for most part, I think, and I think this goes for a lot of golfers because golf by nature is a pretty expensive sport. And, you know, so they're usually kids that are from fairly well-to-do, you know, families They they haven't had to deal with a lot of, you know, they all deal with certain stresses and stuff, but like, like they don't deal with the kind of things that, that are really stressful for a lot of people. Um, and I just think, yeah, like, you know, like I told him, I said, I said, if, if, if we struggle and uh, don't play well, and it's the end of, and you are acting, treating it like the end of the world, then I have really failed you as a coach and just as a human being in general, because we're playing golf. We're not, this is not that big of a deal. It, it, hopefully we play well and we do okay. And we, and I think we'll be okay. Um, but it's golf we're, at the end of the day, we're not doing anything, you know, earth shattering here. We're, we're golfing. Um, so, you know, I, I, and I think for my team, there's zero pressure on us. We have not played very well all year. Like we have, we have played all of my players have played well at some point, but when it comes to like a team score where we do it all at the same time, we've only really done it the last few weeks here. Finally, where we've kind of all put it together at the same time. So the expect no, there's not a lot of people that expect a lot of us, which is different than some of the past years where we've been the favorite. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, go play, have a good time. Like just relax, like slow it down. It just like, like round one, I had one kid who was just like, He's playing well. He knows he's playing well. He's like a hundred yards ahead of the other kids in the group, you know, ready to hit a shot. And I'm, and I'm trying to get, get to him before. And it's just like, I'm like, dude, slow down. They're a hundred yards behind you. You don't have to hit your shot yet. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Let's talk about this and just calm yourself down. So, but yeah, I think, um, you know, we've, we're fairly young actually. I mean, we have a couple seniors, but we have, I got three sophomores and a ninth grader out there. Um, and the ninth grader I had to take because one of my seniors got sick and couldn't play. Uh, and he, and the ninth grader was 10 over through 10 holes and shot 80. So he was two under in the last eight. So that's great. You know, yeah. So he turned it around. And so, and I think the other sophomore that shot 75 um, was playing really well. And uh, he double bogeyed a par five with three holes to go. A, a terrible double awful, mm-hmm. like shouldn't happen. And I came up to him and I'm like, you want me to walk this next one? He's like, no, I got it. I'm okay. And he went par birdie to finish. So, you know, I thought for sure he was going to fall apart. And so yeah, we've made some strides when we are pretty young. And so, yeah, I'm proud of my guys. We'll just, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I have no idea, but, uh, but, nice. that, but, again, but what I told the guys that that's, that's great about sports. We, nobody has any idea. You don't know. Elk, you know, the other teams don't know. We can go out there and play great. We can go out there and play horrible. Who knows? But just go out and do the best you can. And that's all we can do. Everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, so don't be surprised when Tim wins the stadium this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? That's it's yeah. like, hey, they put their pants on the same way as you do, Tim. Yeah. Maybe, maybe well, not all the time, but they're joggers, but <laughs> they only go. <laughs> That's right. There's our pants. There's our pants. There's our capris. They don't put the on the same pants the same way as Tim does. It's, He's squeezing into those bottoms and just trying to get him up on, the, on yeah, his calves. He's zipping it up to make it loosen up. And <laughs> oh, funny. Well, that kind of leads us into our, I guess, the last thing that I was going to mention, just kind of checking with the class to qualify. I got a chance to play the course again. 77 this time, so I cut off two strokes. But I just, 
I, I've got a lot of promise in my short game right now, but I, I got to just keep hitting the ball better. I got to get up better off the tee and I got to get better iron shots. Cause I think if I can do that, I, I give myself chances. I feel really good with the putter. I just got to give myself more looks. Like if I can give myself, you know, 12, 13 looks, I know I can make a couple of them. And I think you really need birdie. I mean, I'm not good enough to just go no birdies and shoot a good score. Like I, I just, I'm not going to make 18 pars. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to have probably a bogey, you know, mixed in or bogeys. And so I got to find ways to kind of negate some of those. And, and that's got to be by birdies, right? That's the other way to take, take, uh, take bogeys off. So that's what I'm looking for. I just got to hit the ball a little bit better and hopefully I keep the confidence with the putter. The putter has been my savior. I hit, I hit some more fantastic putts at Highland. So I'm hoping that stays true. You're going to have to swing the golf club. You got to rip it, man. Can't be guiding it out there. I, I didn't really guide. I maybe got a little guidey every once in a while, but not for the most part. It's just, just missing here or there, you know, in the rough, got a little bit of a tree branch in my way or something. So uh, we'll see. Any of you guys play recently this week? Nope. I have not no, played. No, no golf. I have not played since the last episode aired. So Okay. So nope. Mike's Mike's right where, he, right where he wants to be. Tim? Yeah. I think I only I only played four times, so kind of a down week. Uh, but good news, bought a rangefinder. So okay. whoa, no guessing out there. Whoa. No more, no more guessing to center of greens. We're going right at pins. So I'm oh, ready that, that, to that'll, get the that'll end well. dropping. That's gonna end well. Just hitting it every always just completely ignore what I've taught the kids. As I coach, uh, just gonna go right at pins the entire the entire summer. How long have you not had a rangefinder for? Oh, it's probably going on about three and a half weeks. Gave one to one of the kids for okay. uh, for one of the meets, and it was left on the course somewhere to never be found again. That's your first mistake. And never give high school kids anything that you don't want it to be lost. Because it'll be. I, I lost a hat, a belt, and a rangefinder this year, and I learned my lesson slowly. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't give them you don't give them anything because they nothing or they'll break it. It can be part of the budget. You you could buy them a belt from the budget. Yeah. Find a way to do that. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I think uh, this week, you know, I don't know about about you guys, Mike and I, or we're finishing up our our teaching and we've got the summer ahead of us so we're looking forward to probably playing some more and tim you always play so never a problem with you um but yeah we're gearing up a couple weeks away for the for the quest to qualify um mike you had something you want to touch on before we wrap things up here i do i got this uh this was late breaking pod stuff but um so my fiance is a veteran she was in the navy for six years and she messaged me today about a tournament she's playing in and I wanted to just drop a little note about it. Cause I think they're looking for people and whatever donors or anybody that wants to play golf. Um, it is called the Minnesota assistance council for veterans, MACV. Uh, and they're hosting a 2023 salute to service women golf classic. So I think it all, it, it all the money raised goes to like, their organization is all about ending homelessness for veterans. And I believe this one in general, the money goes to women, you know, homeless veterans who are women who uh, 
I believe they help with like rental assistance and, and, and a lot of things to get um, veterans um, help in, in various ways when it comes to, um, you know, homelessness, but it is open to all golfers. So anybody can play. It is a scramble, I believe at Prestwick golf course, which is actually a pretty solid golf course in Woodbury on June 20th uh, coming up here in a few weeks. And um there's a whole website um, that if you just, if you're interested in playing or I think you can, you can, there's a registration. It looks like where you can go from playing as a group, you know, get some buddies and play as a group, or you can just donate some uh, money if you want to, or even sponsor a woman vet golfer who wants to play or something. There's a whole list of things here. Um, but I would say just uh, you know, reach out to me at, on Instagram at short sighted golf, or even email the podcast at break 80 uh, podcast at Gmail. And I can send you a link if you're interested in playing or donating. And uh, it looks like all proceeds go basically to uh, homeless veterans. So it's a good cause and, and you get to play some golf on a pretty good golf course. So if you're interested, let us know. It's like a little tax rate off. Yes, yeah, you're cutting out there, but for sure, it's a charity donation, so it's a complete tax write us. If you've got a business or something, you can write it all off. Um, but uh, golf for a great cause. I would also just a uh, heads up, I would message Golf Minnesota. I know that he does a lot of veteran, yeah. I already events. told her that I, I'll, I'll get a hold of him on Instagram okay. too. Um, but yeah, for sure. So if you were interested in playing out there and you're listening, um, there's lots of ways you can get involved or help out. Just uh, let, let me know and I'll get you all the information you need. Awesome. Well, boys, anything else? I guess good luck to Mike for sure. Good luck tomorrow. Oh, God. I'm going to go to bed. Get up and go drive the him. van again. Maybe, yeah, have, we'll maybe, maybe play the podcast for the boys on the way there. A few of them listen. <laughs> A few of them listen. Uh, they actually, it's funny. Every time we go practice like putting or go to the range, they're like, I thought practice is overrated. They say, I'm like, ah, true. True. If not for you guys, for, for us adults, it is. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right. Well, the difference between 79 and 80 is everything. Maybe today's the day I forgave thee. What the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold chain. Yeah, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.